The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. James Taylor is with us on the line now. Good morning, James. How are you? Good morning, Mitchell. Really good to have you with us. And we're here in sunny Queenscliff, and I'd imagine it's very sunny down there in Torquay as well. Well, not a, not a right now. It's actually it's actually a little bit overcast down here in Torquay. It's still a bit super warm, though. I'd say, I'd say probably maybe maybe uh, high teens, low 20s at this point. So how have, you re- how have you recovered from schoolies down, down there on the surf coast? Well, I wasn't out there personally doing jelly shots and dancing on tables. I'm like, <laughs> really, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. Really, I'm, I'm perhaps I'm perhaps a little bit I'm perhaps a little bit old for uh, for for schoolies pursuits. As, as disappointing as that sounds, you and me both. But um, I guess I guess um, the biggest thing to come out of Torquay this schoolies period has been a bit of a, has been a surge in um in our coronavirus cases. Mm. Uh, mostly mostly based mostly based in the Torquay Hotel, and I can speak I speak about this. From personal experience, because I, not understanding that talk about not doing jelly shots and dancing on tables inside, I happened to be at the Tokyo Hotel on the fourth of December, helping helping to celebrate a friend's thirtieth birthday party. And um, and as of um, it wasn't one of the initial sites announced in that. I think I think I think it was about a week's worth of exposure sites announced in the Tokyo Hotel. This would have, this would have been about a week or so ago. But then they but then they updated the list to include a few more dates. And um and the Tokyo Hotel on the fourth of December was one of those. So I spent um so I spent two very long and very boring hours sitting in the queue waiting to get tested um on Sunday. And was my, that at a surf coast yeah. testing site? It was yes, uh, at, at the one at Spring Creek Reserve. I yes. uh, I uh, tried the one at, um, at, at the South Side Regression Reserve, but that was suspended when I went, unfortunately. So I had to so I, so I had to try my luck elsewhere. So I so, uh, so I drove down to Torquay because because I knew that one was there, and, and, and I knew I could drive through it, so I did. But it took me about two hours, and so I and so I got out of there about about quarter past three, I reckon. And luckily, got my result about about fifteen hours later. Oh, so, thank goodness! Which is pretty some good. people so have been waiting for a long time. I've heard. That's right. Mm. That's right. So I was so I was given the all clear at seven thirty a.m. Um, on Monday, and um, and have gone about resuming my uh, my normally scheduled programming since then. And uh, no symptoms, obviously. I'm assuming you've come back since that time, so you've been fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Everything's all good. Yeah, I know that. Uh, as it turns out, my my oldest daughter's um her entire prep year. They all got they all got caught up in a in a case. I'm not sure who it was. I'm not sure who it was, but um. That, that took out the entire prep class at, at, uh, at, uh, Mandama Primary. Um, I, I think they have, I think they have three prep classes there. So all of those kids, um, have had to go, have had to go and get tested before they can go back to school. But I think given there's only, as of today, including today, there's only four days left in the term mm. and four days left in a year. So I think, I think some parents might be seriously considering, well, is it really worth all, all the trouble of going to get a test and waiting for the results? Um, when there's one, when there's only a week to go. Yeah, that does seem. I've talked to uh, a few parents. That does seem to be the prevailing view. But what a year yeah. to start school to be in prep because, as people have pointed out, the students haven't had a single term that hasn't been disrupted by a lockdown or isolation in some. And even now, uh, people like me who don't have children, we yeah. think, oh, we're out of it. We're out enjoying things. But um, schools are having a lot of disruptions to them still. Absolutely, yeah. I think we. I think all we can hope for is that um, by the time the twenty twenty two year school year rolls around, and this is for all age levels, that things are a lot less disrupted than this. We can have a and we can have an entire term where kids are going to school five days a week, um, and that's basically it. I mean, I, I, I guess with the, with the emergence of the Omicron variant, um, that's that's. That makes it a little bit tougher, but hopefully vaccination rate continues to go up, um, and, and everyone goes, everyone goes and gets their boosters. I'm, uh, now that the now the federal government has moved forward the uh, the uh, six month 
window between doses two and three to five months. I'm, I'm eligible right now as I talk to you on the radio. So, so I'll be hustling down there to get my third dose as soon as possible. Did you, um, um, because I just heard with another reporter, they tried to book in because it seemed like people that were reporters on the front line were getting their um, doses quite early in the piece. So they're all eligible for the booster shots now. But they mm-hmm. said they tried to call the state centre and they were told, no, you've got to wait six months, which was a bit of a contradiction. But I think they've sorted that out now. So have you tried to book in? I'm also just wondering I haven't, what's... I haven't yet. I mean, I, I've received very strong advice from some people that, 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 that know about this stuff that... Um, don't try and don't try and walk in because um because uh that it, we aren't quite at peak speed you know where we had sort of peak speed vaccinations or we went we went charging towards seventy percent at eighty percent at ninety percent things have things have scaled down a bit a, 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 a bit since then so um there's not just a huge stock of um vaccines waiting in the fridge it, um, on any given day you will have to make bookings um, yeah. that's probably that's, that's probably a good idea anyway. And I noticed, um, just reading the figures from this morning, there were, I think, about 8,000 administered. Yeah, yeah and uh, that seemed to be yeah. an increase on the last few days. So that would suggest that people are actually out there getting their booster doses at the state-run centres. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's obviously very encouraging. I think I, I think I saw a picture on, um, I, I think it might have been on Twitter yesterday about someone saying, well, they basically they, they, uh, they basically just walked in at the uh, centre that's at the Royal Exhibition Building in Melbourne um, no queues come on down. I think was I think was the message. I'm not sure if that's going to be replicated everywhere. So so again, I say making bookings is probably a good idea, just so that when you turn up, you you are, you are getting straight away, and, uh, and and there is a and there is a dose of the vial waiting for you. So the year in review, because it is the last time we'll be talking for this year and then leading into a very busy year for you down there at the Surf Coast Times and Associated Publications next year. Um, what do you think we'll remember 2021 for? <laughs> Oh, that's an excellent question. I think I think 2020 was possibly more consistent in terms of the lockdowns because we had one big lockdown and then it was over and we kind of and, and we were and, and we were now sort of standing at this at, at this point of the year sort of charging into summer with with a massive sense of optimism. Whereas this year has been more 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 the sense of the rolling lockdowns and we're in lockdown, we're out of lockdown, we're in lockdown, we're out of lockdown, and, and, and there were short lockdowns and people were and people were suffering. Lockdown fatigue, and that obviously led to those unfortunate scenes in Melbourne, um, and, and that's probably one of the things that people will remember. But the uh, about, about the, uh, the protest movement against against the um, the Andrews state government, um, and what it, what exactly it is that these people are protesting about, because it, it does seem very confusing now that these protests are still going on, and people are protesting against lockdowns, even though we're not in one, and people are protesting about vaccine mandates, even though more than ninety percent of Victorians have got one. Um, so I, um, I think it's the, I think it's um, widened the, uh, the sense of what what grievances people are sort of protesting about has widened very largely to that. Well, these are these are things that I just don't like. Um, so that's that's I think one of the things that will unfortunately be remembered um, over when, when, when people look back in twenty twenty one. So the sense of well. Um, for whatever reason, I'm sure there. I'm sure if, if you look hard enough, there are there are there are legitimate grievances and uh, and are legitimate protesters at these movements. But the idea uh, of public protest being sort of co-opted and um, and um, being and, and and mutating into sort of this large, large collective whinging sessions against um, against lockdowns um, is 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 one of the things that 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 that's going to stand out. But uh, down there on the surf coast, you've had a bit of perhaps stability. I know with the mayor and the deputy mayor sworn back in for another term to go around again. 
But a huge year, as we say, next year with the elections coming up and Anthony Albanese and Scott Morrison down there. And I'm, uh, well, I did actually see that you were covering all of those visits and I'm sure taking a lot of interest in what they were announcing and particularly which issues they've chosen to focus on because they've clearly done their research and they know what are going to be the big issues in Karangamite on election day. Yeah, it certainly seems so. I know that I've seen both Anthony Albanese and Scott Morrison uh, probably uh, within the past month, break, so probably within the past two weeks. Um, in terms of their visits, and I, and I would be extraordinarily surprised if I if I don't see either of them again. Yes. Between now and whenever the election is going to be, I mean, um, Stephanie Asher mentioned there was a uh, there was an afternoon tea uh, held at the Talking Surf Life Saving Club uh, after the Prime Minister's visit to uh, a construction site in Armstrong Creek, which is the third time the housing minister, the, uh, the federal housing minister, has been to a construction site in, uh, in Armstrong Creek since April, mm. and the second time in that, and the second time in less than a month. So that's probably if you if, if you're looking for issues that the Liberals are going to be focusing on, you're right, that sure seems like one of them. Given, given they've been there three times in less than a year. Um, but Stephanie actually said, I, um, I, something, something along the lines of, I promise to work really hard for you. I, I just wish I knew exactly how long that was for. <laughs> so, so, so she's being, so she's being kept in the dark about exactly when the, um, when the, when, when this election campaign will officially start. I mean, there's almost, I'm not sure at what point, um, everyone just sort of, starts operating on the procedure that yes we are yes the election campaign is on uh let's let's just stop pretending let's just let's just let's just treat everything like we're in an election campaign because we effectively are whether it happens in march or whether it happens in may or whether something really really extraordinary happens and uh, scott morrison decides to call it earlier than that um this campaign is is very much on um and it's only and it's only really sort of um, around the margins in terms of in terms of how long the official campaign period is. Um, certainly, certainly based on the ads that are turning up in my newspaper now and probably into the future, um, it's only it's it's certainly being treated like election campaign by both by both Labor and, uh, Labor and the Liberals, and that's and that, um and I can't see that slowing down at, at, at any point over the next. Uh, let's be let's work let's work on the idea that it's somewhere between March and May at any point in the next three to five months. Yeah, so you've got your work cut out for you. Well, thanks for being on the program. Something to leave us with what's coming up in the paper this week? Yeah, we, we, we're speaking about it. Speaking about that. So this is this is an election announcement, but apparently, uh, no, that's not apparently actually the, uh, the fulfillment of an election commitment. Um, Sarah Henderson promised ahead of the 2019 poll that, that, sh- that the... Um, that the uh, Liberals, if they were re-elected, would commit to, to Hanwha building houses in the somewhere in Geelong, um, and and that promise was fulfilled this week with the signing of a contract uh, between Hanwha Defence Australia and the um, and the Australian government to build, um, I think, 30, 30 self-propelled guns and uh, fifteen support vehicles under what they're calling the Huntsman Project. So this is this is all going to be built at something called an Armoured Vehicle Centre of Excellence, which is going to be built somewhere in the Geelong region. No one knows exactly where, but I, I think they I think they might still be working that out. Um, and whether there's implications on the ongoing uh, efforts to have uh, the, the Land 400 contract down here as well. I think Hanwar has said that if they get the Land 400 contract as well, they're, they're, they're going to build those at, a, at an Armoured Vehicle Centre of Excellence in 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 Geelong as well, but um, Senator Henderson would not be drawn on that when I asked her about it earlier this week. Um, but so, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But but we can certainly say that as of as of next year, um, 
and we'll start building the factory that will build the howitzers somewhere in the Greater Geelong region. But where it is, it is, is anyone's guess. Well, thank you for being on the program, not just this year, but I see that the first time you're on the show is March the 2nd, 2016. So it's been an incredible journey over the last five and a half years. We really appreciate it and uh, all the very best. You've got a big year, so rest up and uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. Thanks very much, Mitchell. Hopefully by then we will know when this election is actually going to be. <laughs> Think Well, yeah, I don't know if we will, but we'll see. Thank you very much, James Taylor there, the Associate Editor of the Surf Coast Times. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.